everybody, this is a trigger warning for this episode. We may have some topics about sexual abuse and sexual grooming. So if this is particularly triggering, please skip this episode. Hi, everybody. I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny girls. We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life. Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Wow, Priska, wow. Priska, Priska. What's up, Roxy, my girl? What's up, love of my life? <laughs> so we had a very, very fun event happen this past week. Shall we remind yeah, we everybody did. what it was? Yeah, we did. It was our very horny Zoom day. Whoa, and we just really want to thank everybody who showed up because we legit thought... It was just going to be us. We thought we thought it was just going to be the two of us and, yeah. and maybe our friend Quincy. We were just like, it's going to be the three of us. We're going to have a ball. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to talk about potting. Like, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then there were enough where we had to swipe to see everyone's faces on Zoom. And that was like wild. Like, I that blew my mind. I have to be honest. I felt like a lot of anxiety because I was like, OK, everybody's coming in at different times and everyone's yeah. introducing one another. But then also, are we keeping everyone's interest? Are right. we moderating? So it just felt are we like going too long? Of, are we going too short? Yeah, we yeah. Felt like the, the usual potting sort of panel anxiety sort of came yes. up. Um, yes. So I just want to say thank you to everybody who showed up. I would like in the future um, to actually host an in-person um, yeah. like I was going to say in-person Zoom date that fucking doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's just be horny in person but like we'll be on Zoom but like in the same bar but like you know. <laughs> everybody has either the Zoom set up like on their laptops or Yes, and everyone's on their headphones. It's like a silent <laughs> disco, but like with like a Zoom date. You know? <laughs> but you know what's crazy, Roxy, mm, is mm, that mm. I was really nervous because I didn't know who was going to show up. And, you know, mm-hmm. like the topics that we cover, like, you know, it's like it, it, it requires a safe space. And if someone misreads that, it can feel really unsafe really quickly. You know what I'm right. saying? Mm-hmm. But everybody was so like minded. And I literally felt like any anybody that that joined our horny Zoom date could run the podcast. Yes, 100 percent. Like they're so like minded. And people were sharing like within 10 seconds, it was like, boom, people were opening up. They were going deep. They were like sharing their deep, dark secrets. And Roxy and I were like, wow, what the fuck? This is amazing. Like it wasn't awkward. It, like there was always somebody ready to share and ready to be vulnerable and ready to talk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so cool. So we're just so glad to be able to have that space where we could really get to hear your guys' insights because we know that emailing us at hello at 200 goats sometimes might be a little <laughs> bit too far yeah. in distance or like feels too disconnected. Scary. Yeah. But I, you know, I just really felt so invigorated by that experience yeah. and it was Priska's idea. And then when she brought it up, I was like, holy shit, like that's such a brilliant idea. But on top of that, it's the fact that like, we sometimes don't know who we're reaching. And going off of that, like yesterday I attended the Asian World Film Festival's um, closing night yesterday. And yeah, so you know how there's like Asian American film festivals, right? Yes. And Asian World Film Fest is like specifically like Asian. So like the continent, Korea, you know, Chinese, Taiwanese films. And then this girl came up to me and she's like, excuse me, are you Taiwanese? And I'm like, yes. And she goes, are you Roxy? And I'm like, Yes. Yes. And then she said, Are you two horny goats? Ah! <laughs> I love your podcast. <laughs> and, uh, it's so crazy. 
crazy because okay first of all like how did she hear about us but also like it's so crazy because you know we we edit this and and we put it up and it just kind of goes into like this weird vacuum and we don't really hear a lot of feedback about it and like Besides our sometimes friends. we yeah like <laughs> sometimes we share really really vulnerable stuff and you're like well I hope somebody hears it I don't fucking know you know yeah. so it's like amazing when those IRL situations happen because we do need that encouragement and affirmation because yeah. this is like a lot. <laughs> it's a lot how did it make you feel hearing that I was like this is great but I was also in my sixth glass of wine so I was just like okay girl yes yes I love it I love it thank you you know no but honestly (laughs) it's it was really 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 cool and um I know I, I so basically just to close off the whole thing about the horny zoom we will be planning more get-togethers in the future. Right, yes. Prisca? We'll have get-togethers. We'll try to, like, you know, have maybe have someone moderate it so we don't feel so much pressure because, you know, Capricorns, <laughs> we, we just kept passing the pressure we back to each other. Lot. We have a lot <laughs> of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, I feel like we need, like, a comedian to just help, like, break the ice for us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, we definitely want to meet people in person. We definitely want to have, I think, a lot of of conversations that we've started on the podcast they immediately continued once we jumped onto the zoom mm-hmm. so we'd love to do that in person as well yes so. yes Woot! have that discourse and um you know this way we could like linger longer and drink more instead of yeah. drinking separately um so yes. another thing another thing i wanted to share about last night oh my gosh so prisca yeah i didn't know like anyone at this film festival my friend brought me but then he disappeared networking you know how it is and then mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then i i was talking to this one guy he He's like super, super nice. He's like a Korean dude. And he's like one of those, like, you know, he's from Korea, grew up in Korea and like has come to L.A. to like pursue acting. And he's about our age. And um, we sat down and we started talking and he started talking about how he was dating a Taiwanese girl for the past few months. And then they recently broke up a few days ago. Whoa. And um, and so I said, oh, well, what was that like? Because to be fair, Asian Mm -hmm. American, Taiwanese American is still different than, you know, dating like a Taiwanese, like it's different. Right. And then so he said, yeah, she just like wanted to use me for my money. And like she just um, was very controlling. And I go, "Okay, like, you know, when people say stuff like this, it just feels very one sided. Yeah. Like there isn't a lot of love. Right. And also like you're Taiwanese. So it's kind of like like what do you want me to say like sorry on behalf of my people like what the fuck you know I'm not sure if this is me trying to make an excuse for him but I'm just trying to give the benefit of a doubt because I don't know him right Mm -hmm. and then he said um you know I was just trying to shift the conversation into a more positive direction yeah so then I said hey man like I'm sorry that I didn't work out with that girl but like what are you envisioning for like your ideal partner yeah and the first thing he said immediately afterwards was pretty like pretty awesome or pretty intelligent just pretty pretty period he never said anything after that jesus fucking christ and i just went what you know like just pretty like yeah and then he goes yeah my parents want me to get married and i just want a wife jesus i don't know when was the last time like when was the last time maybe i'm just like in my liberal bubble for so long and he's yeah. a, i don't know i don't know what he is but he's trying to be an actor so i just assumed that we have similar wavelengths, but obviously not. And I, 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 for one, was completely dumbstruck and didn't know how to carry the conversation after that. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to say? Like, right. I, I, I just said, wait, so so do you want someone who's like your best friend because they're going to be with you long term? You know, yeah. and I don't know. What are some of your insights about this? Like, I want to know what you think. Cause- I mean, I think, you know, that kind of Asian 
Asian male perspective and, you know, I don't know anything about this person, but it's, it, it is like, like get, get married, have kids and ask questions later is, is sometimes mm. part of the thing. And it's like, well, if I'm going to get married, like they might as well be pretty. And that's like as far as it goes. And, and obviously you and I are not, um, reared in that way and don't share that mindset, but it's like, it's something I've seen so often. And it's also like something we don't keep in our orbit at all. You know what I mean? And it's funny because, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know what you mean. Like he's an actor. So typically like when you're an actor, you want to further examine like the human condition, the human like, you know, soul, like the the limits Mm -hmm. of of human um, interactions and and experience and emotions, you know. And so it's a very reductive way to look at a person um, who's potentially going to be the mother to your children. Uh, But I don't know, maybe he is just in a very embittered place right now. And that's just all he fucking wants right now um, because he's so close to his breakup. But um, shit like that just makes me sad. Yeah, because it really did feel that whatever his parents want of him and for him is all over his energy. Like, he's just like, I need to make my parents proud by getting a wife, you know? Yeah. Or there's like a part of him that makes him feel like he probably can't get one. And I'm like, honey bear, you ain't going to get one in this city if you're going to be talking like that. Let's be real, you know? It's it sucks because it's like like, you know, even with Abe and I, um, you know, Abe was kind of older when we were dating. Like, you know, when we I think we got married and he was like 38, 39, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was like on especially for like a Korean American. That's like on the old side, older side. Like a lot of his friends are on their third kid, you know. Yeah. Um, And uh, I think, you know, when we first started dating, his parents hadn't even met me yet. And then they were basically like, just marry her. Like, just marry her. Yeah. And then he was like, what? And they're like, marriage, like basically for like kind of like like certain evangelical Christians in the Asian American space, like they're basically like marriage is going to like, like solve something like oh. is the message you get from that generation, you know, like they're like, just get married. Marriage makes everything better. Um, and I was like, absolutely not. And also like, I could be a fucking psycho and Roxy, like, you know, I am a fucking psycho. <laughs> and like, but they hadn't even met me yet. But like the fact that they wanted him married off, um, you know, uh, was was just of utmost importance to them because obviously they love him and they want him to have everything that they think he needs to succeed, which to them is is having a family, like getting married and having a family. That's of utmost importance to them. That's because of his like age, right? Like if he were younger, they'd be a little bit more discerning about his potential future partner, right? Perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I, I can definitely see that. And And so I think I say this all to say that the person that you met at the party mm-hmm. might have the exact same messaging from his parents, but he just really fully believes it. While, while as you know, for Abe, like he, Abe's like a rebel. So he was just like, fuck that, fuck the world. Like, you know, yeah. um, and kind of like burn it all down. And, and so that, I mean, that's how my husband is, but I understand like that mindset is very like pervasive and very, um, it, it kind of drills its way into your brain over years and years and years. And if you hear that over years and years and years, you start to believe it. And maybe at certain point, like, cause you know, he, he dated kind of someone who wasn't Korean. Maybe that was his big rebellion. And maybe he just feels like he needs to succumb. And this is all like hearsay. This is all based on nothing. So mm-hmm. Uh, but those are kind of my thoughts on it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, how have you been? <laughs> I've been good. I've been great. Um, last week, Melly Lee took me to go see um, Ronnie Chang <gasps> at the Will Turn. Oh my god, that must have been so fun. It was amazing. It was hilarious. It was it was 
orgasmic. And I think it's like the best work that I've I've heard from Ronnie Chang. And, and I've always liked his work, but I feel like it's hitting a new tier. Mm. Um, so I'm super stoked on that. But Rox, I do want to talk about this episode because Woo-hoo. it's one of the first ones where you and I kind of kind of had a little push and pull with each other. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about sexual grooming. Can you give me a little background on why you wanted to broach this topic and um, kind of what we're going to get into today? Yeah, so it's um, very interesting. I was hanging out with Rochelle uh, last weekend and we were just talking. Like we were having lunch and we were just talking. I had no idea what segue into this, but we basically opened up a part of my past that I felt like I've hidden away and not allowed myself to really dive into until that conversation. And it was, I know I've talked about it briefly, like surface level, like how I, you know, used to go into chat rooms when I was a teenager and, you know, talk to strangers and, you know, um, try to discover parts of my sexuality and like my sexual knowledge through that and through pornography and all of that. Mm -hmm. But like, I never realized how these connections that I made, basically, I was sexually groomed by these people, especially these older men. And I've actually had some long term relationships Mm -hmm. with some of these people and how they basically manipulated me. And I think the reason why Prisca and I got into, you know, originally we we're going to record this episode earlier, mm-hmm. but there was like a real, we came from two very different places. And for me, I like just, I know that I'm probably like just starting my healing journey on this because the biggest part that I was resistant in opening up was that there's always the narrative of like, well, I could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. people have had it worse. Like mm-hmm. this This is nothing compared to what other people have been through, therefore making my experience feel invalidated. Right. Because uh, like what what makes it feel like it's enough to be considered that. And then I shared like personal bits of it with Rochelle and with Prisca and Mm -hmm. both have reacted quite viscerally to what I've been through, where in a way I was still a little desensitized to it. Like I don't really I'm like, oh, it just sort of happened. And that's a trauma response. Right. And I know like, you know, Prisca was really wise and, you know, her approach saying maybe that this isn't like not the right time to talk about this. But at the same time, the fact that I'm a 33 year old woman Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself and I like to think that I am self-aware and I like to think that I reflect a lot and, and, you know, just want to be a part of this like growth journey and allow myself to feel emotions. The fact that I'm at this age and I'm just reckoning, reckoning this, Mm -hmm. like I want to be able to show that it's okay to not like have all the answers, you know, and that I'm still just starting to cusp and unravel this, um, experience. And, you know, with the help of Prisca and like with the help of you, you know, like just listening and maybe contributing your thoughts on this and sharing your experience as well as, because I want to hear more of it. Like, I don't think the fact that, you know, Prisca and I, we, we ended up, ended up having just like a full on dialogue. And I don't really think I've heard of other women like, or my friends talking about, having gone through this so maybe it's because I felt alone and that maybe no one really experienced what I did that I felt like it wasn't worth talking about or exploring so um now I'm at a different place in my life and I just feel that maybe it is the right time to see what it's all about yeah and I think you know I think when we were about to jump into doing the podcast 
um, a couple days ago, mm. I think I didn't understand the full scope of what had happened to you. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of... I still don't. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it was kind of, I think, brought up very, like, this happened, so let's just talk about it. It's fine. And I was like, wait, what? what are we getting into here? And when I heard details of what happened, I was immediately... I was, I was, I was like shocked in a way where it's like, I'm not surprised, but it's like, I'm hearing your story and I'm, I'm just, I'm disgusted by some of the things that happened and I'm angry for you. And I'm also upset because I know that it is so commonplace and I know how much it had to have hurt you for you to, to like repress it. But then also that right now, like reowning that moment is so important to you as well. Right, right, right. You know, so I think it was, it was also one of those tough situations where, because I had never heard what happened to you before, I was receiving it both as like a friend and then also as like trying to put together this podcast. So I, I think I just kept oscillating between the two of like, you're my friend, like, I want to protect you. I want to keep you safe. And then also it's like, it's the producer as a producer of the show. It's like, well, where do our, like, what ought to, what ought to we cover and what responsibility do we have? You know? So I think it was just, it was really overwhelming because, um, I didn't know the depths of it for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I appreciate you like giving me time and also that you were okay with us delaying the recording because this is, this is a big topic and, like you're saying, like no one's talking about it enough. And even the fact that like you're bringing it up and willing to go into it is, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping it's going to make other people feel like they can fucking talk about it. Yeah. Because like, I don't need to have it figured out. Like there, there's like this yeah. fallacy about like, yeah, well, you know, you're like, maybe we're not ready to talk about this or you're not ready to talk about this yet. And I'm like, who the fuck knows when that will be, you know? And all I can, all I know is that like, now I want to, you know? And, and I think being here has allowed me to, I felt safe talking about such difficult topics with you and like, you know, and the goatees responding and everybody just being really supportive of some of the things that we've dove into, you know, on this podcast. And I think that this is, another great thing for me to realize because if I were to do this on this on my own like who knows how long it's going to be you know repressed for so um you know so I just think that and it was like interesting to see you react so strongly and I'm like oh I'm like what is it doing to you you know like it was I'm like why are you getting so fired up about this you know what I'm saying it's like yeah um and so that was sort of interesting to just sort of see as well like why this triggers us on so many levels and for those who have experienced this and for those who saw it happening on this side or life have experienced people close to them that have gone through this yes big big content warning here if you've been sexually groomed or sexually assaulted in any way this this episode's going to include a lot of conversations around that so um please listen to your comfort level and if you're not ready for this that that's okay you can skip this one that's totally okay um and also like i i do want to double impress what roxy mentioned of of feeling like well my my abuse or my grooming or my experience wasn't to a degree that's worth making a fucking movie out of. So really, it's not like a thing. That That's bullshit. Like, this is all about power dynamics. And it doesn't matter to what scale necessarily. 
if you experienced it, you experienced it, you know? So I just want to give everyone that um, just kind of affirmation there. And as we dive into topic one, Rox, so um, let's talk about what sexual grooming is. Let's like kind of give a little background. I never really delved into this topic too much. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we've always had scandals regarding age gap relationships, you know, people with 20 years difference, you know, whatever, or like having a very, very young partner, potentially, you know, under 25 when someone's like 50. Right. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. Like everybody Mm -hmm. can stand up for what they think they know. But sexual grooming, basically, um, I looked into it after I started thinking about my experience a little bit more. It's very, very hard to distinguish from romance. So especially those who are Mm. younger and more naive are more susceptible to manipulation, right? So um, according to a sex counselor and author... Eric Marlowe Garrison, Mm -hmm. grooming is the slow, methodical, and intentional process of manipulating a person to the point where they can be victimized. And this often leads to abusive relationships. So it's this slow sort of seduction where Mm -hmm. someone may start with like a friendship first, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, oh yeah, like you could trust me. Like I'm not like the others, right? And the fact that it's like this, like it's Mm -hmm. sort of feeding um, like a stray dog, like a little bit of a nibble. Right. And then Mm -hmm. you end up caging them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like no one is immune to grooming. Everyone can be a victim. We can still be a victim to grooming. Right. Mm -hmm. Because um, but the most important aspect of this, the one that I want to talk about, because Mm -hmm. this happened to me when I was like 14 years old. Right. Is that some are more susceptible than others, especially minors because of Mm -hmm. their naivete. Right. Mm -hmm. So it could happen at any age and it has a great deal to do with gullibility Mm. insecurity religion and culture Mm -hmm. and it starts by targeting a very vulnerable person and then building that trust so the secrecy is like a big component right like we see a lot of these teachers who end up sexually abusing their students Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but it's like keep it a secret yeah a lot of uncles a lot of grandparents a lot of you know, older brothers or older sisters. And it can happen not just to, not to just like an older man to a woman, but an older woman to a man as well. So we just want to, you know, it's not, we're not just trying to paint a, you know, really broad swath, but it can happen at, like you said, anybody is susceptible. Right. And it can be, you know, older man and younger man, which is very common and older woman and younger woman, which, you know, is common as well. So um, this is big. This is this is uh, it's 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 like a death by a thousand cuts. It is. It's like basically this person ends up owning every aspect of you. And, um, you know, I was talking to Jaw about it and he told me a part of his past. I we never really talked about, but he was 17 when he was dating a 33-year-old woman. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, and then anyways, the, I I just, the the first question I asked was, does she end up controlling everything in your life? And the thing was, she was long distance. You know, sort of like this, it's weird, it's like, like these people that I met in the past, I've never met them in person, but yeah. it's like you, like even when it's like someone through a chat or like someone through video gaming or whatever, um, he met her through like online Uno or something and it became like two years. Yeah. Oh, like needing him to respond after five minutes, you know, Jeez. like needing to know where he is all the time, like as a young boy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's like crazy. it happens all the time. And I'm like, whoa, you 
you also went through this? Right. And once you open up about it, it triggers memories in other people because conversations just weren't happening. I like I think a good amount of it could be repression, but also like reframing things that have happened that were normalized because right. I think, you know, uh, like, you know, in in media and film and television, the, the idea of the older man is very romanticized Mm -hmm. and even in um i don't know if you watched the 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 movie or the hulu series a teacher um but it's basically about a teacher a female teacher who Mm -hmm. uh, falls in love with one of her students and i felt a great amount of discomfort watching um the tv series because in a way i was like is this glorifying grooming because wait wait wait. So, so they make it so that it's justified are they against it or for it Exactly. I still don't know. And I watched oh, the series and I, yeah, I, I think that they, I think that in certain moments they are against certain things, but the, the, the relational dynamic throughout the film is basically it's showing them like really fall in love. And the thing that keeps them apart eventually is one, like she goes to prison, but like also society just can't accept it. Um, oh, and then because, you know, so oh, at the end of it, I was like, Oh my God, God. like what is the stance on this? So it's kind um, of, if I was an impressionable teenager watching that, um, I don't know what I would walk away from that with. You know what I'm saying? So right. it is in a way t- it, either tacitly or explicitly glorified in our media today, um, glorified in certain types of kink um, and, you know, males with very young girls. It's it's a it certain is type a of porn. It's like a, a, t- yeah. a total type of fetish porn, you yeah. know, and like I just wanted to say that before I got into these chat rooms, I yeah. used to read a lot of, you know, dirty, trashy romance novels, but sure. I love p- historical romance novels. And, yeah. and I don't I don't know if you were reading these, you know, at, at this age, obviously a lot of literature has changed since then. But, you know, um, the the ones that were written the one that i was reading like the protagonist is always a woman who was like Mm -hmm. younger than 21 years old and and she's 17 or she's 16 and like her knight in shining armor or the king or whatever is like maybe always at least 12 years older than her yeah 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 um i mean (laughs) that's a lot and you know i think i think there's a lot to say about society evolving over time right because a couple hundred years ago you know it was very very normal just to you know marry off very young daughters to older people um you know for political reasons or um and and having an older older male younger female was very common um and even in biblical times it was like multiple wives so you know you would have one wife and then once she got older and couldn't bear children you marry younger and younger and younger etc and so I think because of our understanding of both childhood and what it means to be uh, a a woman in this modern day and age, I I think the idea of childhood has really changed like since the Industrial Revolution. And it's created this understanding um, both both from society and from science and from psychology that we want to protect people within this vulnerable, naive childhood state. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for, for all intents and pers- purposes, that's often people under the age of 18. Right. Um, and also our understanding of what women are and, and how they aren't just sexual objects. They aren't just there to bear children and they, they do have autonomy and thought and, and, and should have a certain amount of control over their own bodies. Um, because all of that's changed, our definition of what, um, sexual assault, rape and grooming, um, 
have all moved as well. And that's, right. I think, important to just kind of contextualize. Because historically speaking, if we if we try to fit what we're talking about today into that, it's not going to fit. No, no, no. A hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. like the, the memories that I'm going to be discussing and my experience happened in like the early aughts, you know? Right. And that was a right. very different time. That's when like, yes. you know... Um, they love like you know everybody was talking about like shaving all of your pubic hair for sex you know yep. like um yeah or but it's like why it's like to make us feel more childlike you know it lolita yeah. you know being one of the big cult hits during the time and sort of glorifying the innocence of like a young woman or a young girl even right yeah like even reading cosmopolitan at the time reading right. Cosmo at the time it's like how to get your man like how to dress for your man how to right. get him to feel pleasure in bed how to you know it was very like like, you know, male gaze focused mm-hmm. and the communication like in the let's just think about like, you know, like us weekly or whatever. At the time, it was like if a girl left a guy, it'd be like, well, she was probably bad in bed. What You know what I mean? It, it was like, well, she wasn't pleasing him enough if he cheated on her. Yeah, everything that was, was like catered the to times. the male gaze. Everything was catered exactly. to the male gaze. And I think that um, going off of um, sort of how this all happened is aside from like yeah. reading those romance novels was Priska and I often talk about feeling lonely or feeling misunderstood or not feeling seen in our middle school and high school years. Yeah. And um, I never thought mm-hmm. that I could get a boyfriend in high school. Like I tried mm-hmm. And it always never panned out or they never reciprocated my feelings because watching all those Taiwanese dramas where you write a love letter to him and then he suddenly (laughs) is moved by you and then takes you to prom doesn't always work. Um, It doesn't work like that. Yeah. So you're you're like shattered into like smithereens. You can't talk to your parents about it. So you go online to seek comfort in anonymity. Anonymity. Fuck fuck this shit. (laughs) Fuck this shit. <laughs> so, 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 but, but, but the secrecy aspect of sexual grooming, yeah. right? It's like there was an allure about like this, like the sensationalism of like the older man, like that they know more, that they have hair, that they, right. are, they have money and they have all these things, right? It's also this thing where like to your parents, you're still a child because right. you are a child, but you're having all these horny sexual feelings. Like you're having all these like desires right. within you. Let's be honest, as hormonal yeah. teenagers, we thought we knew everything. Oh, you th- oh, you thought you knew. Oh, you thought uh, you were yeah, ready yeah. to be president of the United States. I know what I want. I yeah. know like what I, you know, but you really don't. You're just like a super massive pile of insecure shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. you know, like that, that ego was like really, really strong at the forefront. So, yeah. um, so in a way, like uh, underneath the surface, because mm. I was having these secret conversations, when I go to yeah. school, I would start to think, well, I know more than them, than these like people who are in couples. Like, like, what does this, you know, 16 year old couple know? Nothing compared to what I know with my 45 year old, yeah, 45 year old, like lover, you know, that obviously like I was thinking that something could happen because they're promising me all these things. But in reality, it's just like they, they are just having fun or like manipulating me or like, you know, just using a young girl for their pleasure right so can i ask you rock so now we're kind of getting into really your experience and your story here Mm -hmm. um 
jumping into these chat rooms, what what are the first things you kind of remember seeing? Like what, what was a little bit shocking at first? You know, what's crazy was I love, I mean, I think it, because you and I are quite high, right? Like we're mm-hmm. good kids. There's a part of me that felt like this was my rebellion uh. and like, when I would see, go into a chat room, you never know who's mm-hmm. going to be there. And yeah. everyone is behind like an alias, right? right? Or like, you know, a username. And everyone would say ASL, right? Age, mm-hmm. sex, location for all of y'all who don't know what that is. Yeah. All you newbies yeah. or all you y- young, young babies. Youngins. And then so everybody would put their age, sex, location. So like yeah. 16F Cali or something. Right. And then um, I noticed that um, the younger you are, 12, 13, 14, people start to give them more attention. And then the fact is they would then private message you. So I was 14 because I thought that's the age that Sailor Moon, you know, like started dating Tuxedo Mask. And I was like, look, you're ready to go. Yeah. If Sailor Moon (laughs) is already so well formed and fighting off bad guys in the middle of the night, you know, all of this is, of course, just like so damaging because it's so you're not anywhere near an adult. But that's your teenage logic, too. It made 100 percent to you at the time. I'm going to use a fucking anime as reference. Yes, exactly. exactly. So then then like, you know, um, they would start private messaging me or someone Mm. that's on a private message would pop up. And I think think the the allure or like of anonymity <laughs> or not knowing like i can't say that word today for some reason yeah but like you start to fantasize what they are and then the crazy thing is usually the next thing they would ask you is are you shaved jesus and i'm like i'm not even growing pubic hair at the time you know it's like wow what? you know and then and then but did you when you got mm-hmm. that question were you like i need to play the part yes mm-hmm. and then i think You and I talk about being people pleasing. Yeah. And then obviously the reason why we're in these chat rooms is to seek validation because if I'm not getting it in high school or in middle school, I need to feel desired in some way. Yeah. And, and because if I'm seeing it around me, is there something wrong with me? Mm. Right. So then this leads to like catfishing, right? Because everybody wants a tantalizing taste of what it's like to live differently or to right. fantasize about. I'm not justifying this, by the way, guys. Like, no, I'm just right. saying, like, the intention behind why they do this is it's because... Part of human nature. Exactly. Yeah. They don't feel like mm-hmm. they're experiencing it in their reality. So mm-hmm. Avatar is, you know, like, role-playing. Like, all of this is, is stems from that. So, um, you know, I just... Um, yeah, like, I, I, you know, asking me if I'm shaved, and I'm like, okay, like, I just... Should I continue this conversation? Obviously, now, as a grown woman, and I'm like the fucking disrespect get the fuck off yeah. my back but like I didn't feel desired in any way so I'm like well what if maybe if I say yes to these things they'll want to continue to talk to me right right and I definitely remember being that age and anytime I felt a certain amount of discomfort from things being too sexual or anything I kind of felt like no like you just have to like run night you just have to like put up with this because like this is the adult world mm-hmm. like you know what I mean and I don't even like, I think when you're that young, you're just almost like determined to like learn all the things and like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Be a mini adult, like, and it, it, it's like a weird way of thinking, but you're just like, no, no, even though this makes me uncomfortable, it's because I'm being too much of like a pussy and I need to just like buck yeah. up. And, yeah, yeah. You know 100%. what I mean? That's like the mindset. It's like, yeah. I eventually have to know it. You know, like, why not? Why not get ahead of the course now? Why not be ahead of my class now? You know? Right. And that's why it's so hard. That's why it's like so 
awful when someone's so naive that they can't even scale like what is appropriate and what isn't appropriate for them yet. You know, like you were so young, like to know what was appropriate, what was inappropriate. So, okay, these these seemingly older men are reaching out to you. They're DMing you. How do things slowly like, you know, we're talking about this slow, methodical process. How do things slowly start to escalate? First of all, yeah, it's consistency. So, for example, it's like if they really make an effort, go online at 8 8 p.m. every night, they keep your username, right? And then they IM you at the time, right? And then they have you all across their AOL, the Yahoo user, like all of it, whatever. You have them all open so they could contact you at any time. They ask you how your day is, you know? And then, you know, as a lonely little girl, you know, you confide in them. You feel like you have a new friend, You know, you have someone sweet that's like listening to you. And then they really took the time to like build up this trust. I remembered Mm. there was this one person in Indiana that I like had like almost a two year thing with. Holy shit. And he made me and, you know, we ended up obviously, you know, he was I think he was 18. He was well, he was 21. He was he was Mm. in at university and I was 16 and oh and then eventually he was so patient to the point where he started things started to turn sexual but because mm-hmm. i trusted him and like mm-hmm. he made me feel safe because mm-hmm. he was so consistent for so long that mm-hmm. i allowed him to do what he wanted with me or like that i allowed to i allowed myself to give in to his requests what were what were some of these requests rocks like they were mostly phone sex And, you know, it's like when you're that young and they call you in the middle of the night, you know, and and I really hope my dad doesn't listen to this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, my parents would be sleeping and then we have to like secretly find a way to connect. And like they know that I am just a young girl in my parents' house. And, um, you know, it'll just be like, oh, what are you wearing? And like, you know, like um, so and then they're like, I imagine you doing this. Imagine doing that. And then I and then if I do something wrong, they'll tell me how to say it right. They'll, they'll coach they'll you. Through teach almost. me. Yeah. Wow. Tell me how they want it to be or how mm-hmm. they want me to use my voice or how, you know, and and in a way, like twistedly, this gave me pleasure knowing that I could make them feel a certain way, you right. know, made it's me feel power a yeah, power have. thing. Yeah. yeah. But but it's just I remember being so heartbroken by this person because then he sent me a photo of him getting married. Oh, my God. And then I like I was like, wait, you have like a girlfriend or like you have like a wife and he goes yeah and like never explained it never apologized and I'm like what the fuck I thought we were friends you know or like at least I thought or something you know and then um I remember that like really broke me because I trusted this person so much and like we talked every single night and like you know and then and then there were other and then after that sort of spiraled into this whole like well let me get that from someone else then you know oh interesting yeah 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 maybe maybe the next time something different will change but the biggest part of this Prisca is that these men never made me feel like I was worthy enough. It was always a dangling carrot right, right. in front of you. Right, like if right, you right. just do this rocks, like you'll be enough. If you just do this and what do you, cause you know, these men, this man in particular would, you would hear him pleasuring himself mm-hmm. over the phone mm-hmm. and you were 16 mm-hmm. and he literally was coaching you through how to get him 
to completion. Yeah. And of I, I understand this feeling of feeling some sort of accomplishment that you were able to get him there because it's not something you've done in person. Mm-hmm. It's not something you have experience with. It's just something maybe you've seen in porn or heard about. Right, 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 right. It's so fucked. <laughs> but it's so, yeah, it's, it's so, so fucked. beyond because your, Because I yeah. feel like, I feel, you know, it's you were talking about. <laughs> no, thank you for feeling this way because now that you've. You've like t- walked me through that process. I'm like, yeah. wait a second, you know, and like something new is cracking open. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. I want to reclaim my innocence because yeah. like even for my first time, you know, having sex, like I know I told everybody, you know, how I lost my virginity, but I had to act as if I know yeah. everything, you know, like I, I just I just felt like I couldn't just enjoy experiencing <sighs> it firsthand for like what it is. And it's it sucks because it's like you know, poor, I just, Prisca is like the sweetest because she's like feeling everything for all. Oh, my love. I know. No, I, you know, I get, I, cause because I know you and I know how strong you have to be all the time. I think like it hurts because like, I realize like how early that started. You know, I feel like, you know, even just to be like, almost like breaking the fourth wall. It's like, as your friends, like we're always like being taken care of by you and like we're always trying to find ways to take care of you. But it's hard to because like you're so strong and like literally sometimes we have to like smack you yeah. and be like, we're <laughs> fucking taking care of you. Like, fuck you. We're taking care of you. But it like hurts because it's like I realize how early yeah. that started, you know, like you like so young, you felt like because like you felt like you ought to know something or you were somehow behind your peers. You like did the Capricorn thing of like doing it better than anybody else in, in that logic, you mm-hmm. know, like you're like, I'm going to be ahead. I'm going to, I'm going to earn an A plus in fucking like sexual prowess, even though it was literally like at the cost of you just like letting to like letting yourself just be in your childhood body, you know, and letting your self be, like you said, like, I think when, like saying reclaiming innocence, like it's like, not like, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, it's very much so affecting me right now. Yeah. Thank you. You're probably feeling it from my end as well because yeah. I can't show it so openly sometimes. Like I think yeah. like few, like little Roxy is reaching out to Prisca right now and say, feel this for me. Yeah. You know, I feel, I feel her spirit very, very strongly. And I know that you know, reclaiming your inner child, that's like a huge part of a lot of um, branches of psychology, you know, Yeah. because it's like, I think if you see just, if you were in a room just with Roxy, 14, 15, 16 year old Roxy, what would you want to say to her or do with her today? Like what, what, where, what would you, mm. You know, if you're envisioning that right now, because I'm I'm feeling her presence very strongly. So she's here. Yeah. What would you want to say or express to her? I think I would just tell her to not rush and to not feel that she has to be anything yet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that if she feels invalidated or insecure or like behind, I think my biggest mm-hmm. fear was getting behind that eventually people will love her mm-hmm. for who mm-hmm. she is. You know, and not like I think the deepest fear was that 
I couldn't earn anyone's love, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so you're willing to put yourself through these really terrible circumstances where, you know, people treat you a certain way, but it's because of my loving relationships, like with friends like you who are able to guide me through, you know, things like this emotionally where Mm -hmm. I could feel like, okay, this is a chance for me to heal that. And like, you know, my relationships now, especially with jaw, it's like, being able to heal a lot of the things that I couldn't in my past relationships, you know? So it's, it's, um, it's crazy because there's still like, again, I keep coming back to this because it's just Mm -hmm. so big. Like it's like in the front burner of what I want to talk about. It's like Mm -hmm. you, like I never met these people. You think Mm -hmm. fuck. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I've had, they had control over me. They, they developed like a trauma bond or like, you know, some sort of emotional bond where I was really, I felt like I had a, they were, they were latched onto me. But even then I felt like it's nothing, you know, because like, like, is this sexual assault? Is it, you know, I was never touched. Right. Like I was never whatever, but like Mm -hmm. it really deeply, you know, affected me and like how I grew up and like how I entered relationships and how I entered sex and like how I entered my my body and like and and all like all of that has impact and as young people as young women we never we don't know what's happening we just know that it's happening to us and that we're we're just going with it that we're accepted you know arranged marriages for like really young girls you know like they they don't know they don't know you know but I I think like I think that, yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I think I can, I can see, this is not what I think, but I can see little Roxy feeling like, well, I have no reason to be upset about any of this really because I decided to do this. Right. Like I'm guilty. I am guilty. I chose to dive into this. It's my fault. Yeah, exactly. But, but now as an adult, we can look back and be like, no, you were a child. Yeah. You know, you were a kid. You literally didn't know any better. And I, you know, I think at that age, like some days you're mature and some days you're a five-year-old again, you know, and you were 14, 15, 16. I can't express that enough. You were three years away from being a 12-year-old. Like you were tiny. You were just, you were just a child. And, but I understand why it's difficult to, to allow yourself to let it sink in that it was sexual grooming, you know? And can I ask you something like, did some of these experiences like taken together, did it make you like not want to need someone? Yes. <laughs> I think, I think I, you know, it's like, you've known me for so long and you, it's like what you were talking about, yeah. how I am so strong and that I don't know yeah. how to be taken care of. I think like, you don't want to rely on anyone. Yeah. Fully. I don't, I don't yeah, want sorry, to because, because everyone just, um, ends up letting you down in that way or like mm-hmm. they trick you or they seduce you with like false promises mm-hmm. i have to say not everyone's like this i did meet some nice no. friends who are genuinely yeah. you know nice kids around my age you know in chat rooms being fucking stupid like you know this isn't <laughs> not all of yeah. them are, are like this but but you know it, yeah. it it does yeah it just made me like i'm just like everything just turned out so 
badly in in yeah. those like nothing ever was something that was true and it did fuck me up in like sort of yeah. inherently not trusting men like the 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 mm-hmm. one saving grace with that i know we're gonna dive into this in topic two about mm-hmm. trusting men but like yeah. my dad is like the ultimate role model for what yeah. a great man yeah. is and so like if he doesn't exist if i was in a broken marriage if i was in and i was doing this on the side as well yeah. like i don't know how i could mm-hmm. ever truly heal from it so it's like I have, you know, a visual representation of like what an amazing man and an amazing husband should be through my father. Yeah. And then um, and then I, I'm like so thankful for that, because that's like the one thing I could sort of latch on to as I continue yeah. to grow up. Wow. I mean, OK, honestly, thank you for being so candid and so honest. And I don't know that I've heard <sighs> such a. Even even though like you have been through something horrendous, like I think you're very clear eyed about it and, and you sharing so honestly, I think is really going to open up a lot of people to share their stories, too. So let's uh, let's take a little break here and uh, we'll, we'll be right back for topic two. I think there's so many fictions that we inherit that weren't ours. And a lot of them have to do with exactly what you're saying. Capitalism, patriarchy, heteronormativity, cisnormativity, white supremacy. And I, I do love to read, but I don't like to read these particular fictions anymore. Hi, Goatees. Hope you're enjoying today's episode. Last season, we had the honor of interviewing poet, activist, and educator Genevieve Ting. If you haven't heard this episode yet, add it to your queue now. For the vast majority of my life, I was socialized as an Asian American woman. I still feel a great connection to like the femininity that lives inside of my body. And if womanhood was like this house that I was sort of like indoctrinated into, you know, for the longest time, like I knew the blueprint of the house. I knew that house well. I started to identify as non-binary and I was like, I don't want to be in this house. I want to be in my body. Genevieve has a knack for using language to slice through convention to create new, beautiful things. It's intoxicating. It was a privilege to sit down with them and learn more about the intricacies of their gender identity journey. I I feel like I'm so much of me is dying as I'm rebirthing myself. There, there is the very easy narrative of like, I'm finally becoming the person I want to be and that's great, but there also has to be space for like the messy reality, which is like, I'm also dying yeah. and I'm also like putting myself to rest all the time. And it's okay for me to like be mourning myself because it happens and transition also means change. We hope you take a listen. Head to twohornygoats.com slash episodes slash queerness to listen now or find the episode on Spotify and iTunes. Okay, now back to the show. Hey, everybody, we're back. Um, Hey, Prisca, I just really want to tell you that I love Mm -hmm. you so much for holding this space for me because, you know, like, I just know that, like, not a lot of people can bring this out of me the way that you Mm -hmm. can. Like, you're Mm -hmm. probably the only person in my tribe that Mm -hmm. could make me realize things. And I think that's why I selfishly wanted to do this as an episode, because Mm. I'm like, in a way, if I don't like, there might be a lot of things I don't realize. So I'm already learning so much through this process. Like you're already helping me heal. So I just really want to appreciate you for that. I, I love you so much. And I, I, you know, not to just make this a gush fest, but (laughs) I'm just appreciative because I know how, like, I know that for a lot of us, strength can mean that we pack up our emotions and we put them away. And like um, part of why we wanted to do this podcast and part of actually like even though it started really fun, part of what makes it hard is like we have to undo a lot of the the habits that we have. 
and both Roxy and I have the habit, and I'm the oldest, Roxy's an only child, <laughs> where we want to take our emotions and pack them away and put them under a staircase and never see them again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you're you're ripping open this piece of luggage for us to sort through together is um, is really special and, and really tender. I wouldn't want to go down this road with anyone else. So it's because I know you'll protect it, you know, like and protect little me as well (laughs) so I appreciate it yeah and I so I do want to talk about so you know we kind of mentioned um you know we I had a very very strong reaction when we first started talking about this you did um and I think um it it triggered things for me and and, in different ways from Roxy because I um personally have not been have experienced, I have not experienced sexual grooming. And, um, that's just not something that's, that's part of my personal narrative. However, I have, um, I have two parts to this, I guess. I have someone very close to me who has experienced sexual grooming. And I also have trusted a lot of men in authority, um, and see, seen them go down, Mm -hmm. um, for sexual grooming. And I think when you, when that happens in your life, even though they weren't the ones that did anything to you, it breaks your trust in a way because you you just like you trusted them so fully. And one, I think, yeah, there's a part of me where it is about myself where I'm like, maybe that could have happened to me. I, I realized I, I was in some sort of danger. And then also like the anger that you feel that this person that you trusted could have this side to them that's so disgusting. This sounds super personal, Prisca. Is yeah. there a story behind this? Well, so um, you know, there there's a there's a pastor uh, who now is awaiting trial to fucking hopefully go to prison for fucking life. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a small Taiwanese church. I don't know if I really want to name names at this moment, but there's a small Taiwanese church who, you know, my, my, my dad's Taiwanese, my mom's Taiwanese, um, they're pastors and they all know the, um, you know, the Taiwanese church community. Cause it's very small, right. you know, tiny Island, tiny amount of churches. <laughs> no, just kidding. But like, you know, um, and so there was this couple that my parents knew and they actually like were, um, at my parents' wedding, uh, and they like kind of mentored my parents. Uh, it was another pastor and pastor's wife and they had like a couple of kids. I, I forget how many, um, one of them was, became a youth pastor at a local church that I attended from time to time. Um, my ex went there and a lot of my like high school friends went there. So I, I went there often and I would, you know, we would get boba with this guy. We would talk about him, talk to him and whatnot. And I, I knew, um, I knew this person and his wife. Um, and it turns out, and I just found out about a year ago, but it had been going on for over a decade. It turns out that he had been sexually grooming and then sexually assaulting um girls between the ages of 12 and 18 you know and oh he would literally God. tell the parents like let me go let me pray with them let me go let me sit with them and he would be alone with them for hours and eventually um over the course of years and years i don't know when the actual assault started but it did it it it, t- it might have taken a long time of praying together of sharing you know their deepest darkest sins or whatnot um and he used that to manipulate them into um sexual situations including oh penetrative god. sex oh yeah. my god yeah and so it's so 
I think it's like, I think like when we brought up this topic, like it's like, it made me so angry because it's like, it's you rocks. Like it's you. Like I was angry for these girls, but because like this happened to you, like it's like, it, it added another layer to everything, you know? And, and because it happened in the church, like all of my background, it, it just disgusts me. And another layer to this rocks is that certain elders in the church knew about this and they still kept him on staff. What? And they just moved him to like another side of the church. Wait, 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 what? Yeah. People wait. were aware. Okay. Uh, okay. I, yeah. I I just wanted to ask because I, I'm Buddhist, but yeah. I think Buddhism is just psychology. Like, I don't really yeah. think it's a re- real religion. And asking you as a person who comes from a very strict religious background, yeah. what is the moral or like the ethical backing? Because not only is this happening with this particular pastor you're talking about, yeah. it also happened like with the Vatican, you know, yeah. with like certain yeah, yeah, priests yeah. of the Catholic Church. Like, and, and what ha- do you understand like what their backing is? Like, what's what is it justified by? How yeah. can people of God? I don't know. I'm just asking I don't know. a very theoretical, you know, standpoint. I know. No, like, that's I, a that's a great question. I think at the end of the day, it's like he's the pastor's kid. And there's a certain amount of nepotism and protection when and also it's very historically, um, you know, well documented that men like to protect men. Yes. Um, be, for whatever reason. And I think that he was somehow repentant at certain points. And, and, you know, some of this is what I've heard. So this isn't like official, official, like the court documents right now. So the, the final like court case is not finished yet. So I don't want to really release a name or maybe put potential people in any, you know, danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. This is for something sure, that sure. really happened. Right. And, yeah. um, I think that what scares me, because that's such a good question, what scares me is that a lot of um, Christian teachings, if they're misused, can be justifications for grooming uh, or, or, or can create wonderful environments for grooming to occur in. So, for example, like there's thoughts like men are the head of the household. Right. Um, and if you're questionably, right? Like, unquestionably. Okay. Yeah. Men are the, the head of the household. And there's this idea of like, like, you know, um, marriage is kind of like a, a very good, um, a, a good, uh, what is it? Metaphor for like Christ and the bride of Christ, which is the church. Right. Um, and so there's all these ideas of like, women are somehow like they need to wait for men to lead. You know, and, and yeah, you can reread those passages and I, I understand like there's more feminist driving theology, but if you don't grow up with that and you just grow up with this idea that men are the head of the household and, you know, men are the, a lot of churches don't allow women to be leaders. So all of a sudden you're creating this dynamic where women feel like they have no say. And even if they have thoughts and opinions, they've been taught from a young age to just push those down because men are the, men are the head. Yeah. So this is could I'm not saying that this is the, the I'm not saying this is my reading of it. I'm saying that this is often being taught and it's still being taught in a lot of churches around the country. Okay? Mm-hmm. It, but you know what I'm saying, but then all of a sudden if you create that environment then it doesn't that create just a rife atmosphere for 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 young women to just feel like well they know better yeah no exactly i think that's where like all of the anger that you were feeling like yeah. earlier this week just sort of came to a head because yeah 
I was like, what is this that you're feeling? Because I felt like you were feeling all the layers of the effects of like the institution, the patriarchy, like the fact that women don't own their own bodies, the yeah. fact that men, like boys will be boys. Like, yeah. like this all comes from the same fucking core. It's right. the idea that, that women are responsible if something goes wrong. But yeah. on the other side, it's like, they could just continue to do what they want because yeah. either way it's our fault. Right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's wild because like I, I am in my generation, the first of my, my, you know, women in my family to be able to choose what I want for my body. Yeah. And like everyone who came before me did not, you yeah. know, like my grandmother had seven children. My other grandmother had four children, you know, whether or not like who, whenever they yeah. are approached with, you know, in, in a sexual context, they can't say no to it either, you know? So, yes. um, yeah, yeah. All of absolutely. this, all of this, you know, I, I get it. I was like, Oh my God, like earlier in this week, I was like, what I, what happened to me wasn't that bad, but I have a feeling I just want to talk about it. And now I'm like, yeah. Holy fucking shit. Like this yeah. is just a starting point of something much greater and much more damaging and affects us so collectively on a whole you know right. and and part of that is definitely also what hurt me was like you were like it happened to me it's really not that bad it happens to other people and i'm just like no but it's bad roxy it's fucking bad you know what i mean like yeah. because yeah it's connected to all these things and these dynamics and power dynamics and um and just like the the feelings that you had um and the kind of like the mental gymnastics you had to do to make this somehow your fault you, you know what I'm saying? Like that is mm -hmm. hurt. That's so painful mm -hmm. to see. Like you at, at like the end of the days, like at the end of the day, when you were young and you were 14, you're like, at the end of the day, even though I'm hurt, like somehow this is my fault. Yeah. And that's like the tricky fucking bastard. You know, that sexual grooming leads. That's the that's the logical end point that sexually grooming someone will eventually lead to. Exactly. It's like, I think you said something earlier this week that really struck me. And I, it, I thought about it long mm -hmm. after we hung up, but like mm -hmm. you were like, Roxy, imagine yourself at 14. Imagine like a 14 year old sitting next to you. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh God, they're nothing. They're like a yeah. fetus. Like they're just nothing. But at the time I thought yeah. like I needed to have the wealth of knowledge of the world like yeah. already incorporated inside of me because that was the expectation, right? Yeah. Um, this is what men wanted. They wanted you to be sexually knowledgeable. They want you to please them. They want you to whatever. Otherwise yeah. you're not wanted, right? Yeah. So it, it, like before all of this happened, it was because we were cultivated in an environment where it really catered to the male gaze, everything, yeah. right? It's like you're talking yeah. about Cosmopolitan, the magazines, yeah. makeup, you know, the type of outfits you're wearing, Britney yeah. Spears, like are you desirable or are you sexy enough? Because right. if you are sexy enough, that's mm -hmm. like that's like you've hit the the, the gold pot you know like yeah. you've hit like the jackpot. male interest is some sort of currency yeah male interest in you becomes currency for you, you exactly know? yeah exactly it and it, you know and i understand i understand where you, you were coming from too because in your like life narrative you've always just been roxy like you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah maybe you're a younger roxy maybe you're slightly older but you're always roxy and i think it takes someone on the outside to be like no but there are like you were just a child like, yes, like to you, you're just Roxy, but like to the external world, like, no, you were a fucking child. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's hard to differentiate because it's like, I know you, you own your own, like you own your life and you have a lot of power and you have all, you know, but at a certain point you were too young to, to, you know what I mean? Take full, um, ownership of everything that you did because you, as an adult, you take ownership of everything you do. 
But you know what I mean? There has to be some yeah. sort of differentiation. No, that's true because I, oh, I remembered what triggered the conversation with Rochelle. So oh, like yeah. I was talking, you know, obviously big TikTok fan. And, yeah. um, you know, on my FYP page, there was like an 18 year old girl, like bragging about the fact that she's on the second kid with her boyfriend, who's like 35. Jesus. And like everyone in the comments was just like, you're being groomed. Yeah. Like, get out, get out. Like, yeah. have you ever asked your boyfriend why he can't score a girl or yeah. a woman his own age? And then she's like defending him and whatever and I think what triggered me was that like I was looking at her and I'm like you're just a baby Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like you have a big belly you know eight Mm -hmm. months you know and you already had so that means that you had a baby with this 35 year old when you were either 17 or 16 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then I was trying to put my own mind and experience of my back in the body of me as an 18 year old Mm -hmm. and I had I felt like that was eons ago like lifetimes ago like my life would be so fucking fucked you know if I ended up being manipulated by someone who completely molded me into what they wanted at such a young age and then then having children with them you know and then you know you and I were even talking about like how things have evolved in this climate now that it's different but like in other parts of the world you know 12 year old girls are still getting married off to 60 year olds you know still happening I mean and it's like I don't know how to fix any of this I don't think it's fixable though. I don't think so. But I think the very first step is like, even me at 33 reckoning just now with the fact that I was sexually groomed, which explains a lot of the things. So it's like a lot of the topics that we talked about, masturbation, virginity, like porn, porn, like all of it stems from this. So I'm, you know, I am curious because you mentioned that you talked about it with jaw, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, one of your current partners. Mm hmm. How was that for you? Because obviously this situation has tacitly affected so many of your long-term relationships. What was it like to kind of break that down together? Um, You know, when I told him that they, like, I once had like this 45-year-old British guy, you know, because he has like a very mature British accent would call me in the middle of the night. And, and like you were 15. Yeah. And like, I know. Yeah. And uh, he would say very sexual things to me and mm-hmm. like would get off, you know, I never even knew what he looked like because back then we sent a bunch of pixelated images because it was off a webcam that <laughs> was, was like probably 20 pixels. Yeah, 20 pixels. And the first thing that Jaws said, and Jaws a very, you know, a sexually knowledgeable person, you know, mm-hmm. he's been polyamorous for a very long time. And he just went, what the fuck? Fuck. And to see him react like that, the same way that you did. And, you know, he and I talk about sex like all the time, both in an intellectual way and both in a very personal way. And, you know, it's we're very sex positive. So it's like for him to react like that, like Mm -hmm. I knew that. This is something deeply wrong, you know, and deeply abnormal. And then he started sharing his experiences, you know, and um, from this woman. So it's like you and I were talking about like gender, like it really doesn't fucking matter. All it has to do is someone who is much older, who is manipulating someone much more naive and younger and impressionable and like gaining control over them in a very severe power dynamic. And um, and how Jaw like sort of got out of it because he had you know very loving support and you know he's able to date yeah. more and navigate it you know a much different way he dates
reads a lot more than I do. So like, um, I, I didn't, you know, I was just like, what's, what's happening? If this is happening, then okay, I guess I'm going to go with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think we, we, we didn't go into it as deeply as you and I did, but I think Mm -hmm. the fact that he also went through it made me realize how much this doesn't go discussed and like how Mm -hmm. much we all must have gone through some version of it Mm -hmm. where we don't recognize it. You know, and I mean, I just feel like it's important to talk about if you are willing to and if you're in an environment safe enough to discuss. Yeah, I I fully agree. And I I think that so many of us are instinct, you know, is to be like to is to minimize. Right. Like and we talked about that a little bit a while ago, but it's easy to minimize. And I think when we initially were about to record this episode, I think Oh, we weren't ready. <laughs> we, yeah, it yeah, was we just weren't ready. like, you know, you're talking about a trauma response. Like, you know, for, for me in my life, like I have very, very close friends who either have been groomed or have been raped um, or experienced sexual assault. And a lot of them when I, you know, especially when they're first kind of coming to terms with it and they haven't really processed it or coped yet, they they have almost a humorous response, you know. They want to make light of it because honestly, like sometimes you just don't want it to mean something big. And it's important to dig through this together with each other, you know, and Goatee's like, I think if you're listening to this and and you're still here with us, if you've experienced this or you have someone who you love who's experienced this, like, Let's keep having conversations, even if it's fucking hard. Like, I think sharing breeds more sharing. Mm-hmm. And Roxy sharing today, I'm bowled over at how much you were able to share and how open you were with us because I don't think you're the only one who went through this. I'm not. Right? I'm not yeah. in this crazy because yeah. it felt like I was. So, yeah. you know, I just... um I encourage us to have more discourse because I, I just let's have more discourse. And I love you so much, Prisca and Goatees. Mm-hmm. We love all of you. And like, yeah. please feel free if you feel alone, like write to us, you know, we yeah. will listen. And um, if you feel like sharing a part of it, if you feel comfortable, we will share that on the pod as well. We just want you to know that when, no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult it is, you are not alone and that this pod is a safe space to share. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, how are we going to transition? I mean, the jingle is really, really, really high really energy. Good. I mean, we didn't do a tone <laughs> shift, so oh, God. how are we going to um, transition? <laughs> okay, um, so... <laughs> What do we talk about? Um, okay, um, so I have been an idiot the past couple of days, and I've just been eating things I'm allergic to, um, and now my mouth is all ripped up. So I think, you know, the things that we do to ourselves, even though when we know we shouldn't, all because the fucking chili oil that came with the dumplings that had peanuts in it, it tasted oh no! so fucking good. I couldn't say no. What? So, yeah, I just abused myself, and Abe is very upset with me right now. Um, but, yeah, so on that no, <laughs> it's time, time for. <laughs> Great transition. Great Thank transition. You. Thank you. Just okay, a little... We are back. We are back. We're back on fucking <laughs> what the fuck? Jesus fucking what a fucking episode. 
Wow. Wow. It, it, thanks for thanks for sticking with us, y'all, because we <laughs> this one a, took a lot out of us. It's a ride. So. It's a ride. It's a ride. It's yeah. a ride. Um, okay, this one so. strengthened our friendship. Like, I think so. I feel like we ate a mushroom in like Super Mario and we grew like 10 sizes. So. I think so, too. I'm pretty sure. So too. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. This, this is this is really great. But uh, Prisca, yeah. what are some of your yeah. unsolicited pictures? Okay. So like I said, I hung out with my friend Melly last week. Mm. Um, and before we went to go see Ronnie Chang, who, woo, amazing. Can't wait till his new special comes out. We hung around um, L.A.'s Chinatown. And honestly, uh-huh. I remember when Chinatown, <laughs> like in 2011, when I moved to L.A., like Chinatown was not the uh-huh. business. Uh-huh. Like it was uh-huh. fine. Uh-huh. Like a lot of like old um, shops. And then they started closing and closing and closing. Like my favorite dim sum place um, closed and then all these smaller bakeries closed and these, you know, it, and then the quality of the spots just started going down. And, oh, and no. all of a sudden, like it was a dead place. Like maybe there were a couple places that you could go to. Um, and then it started getting like maybe a little too gentrified. Like, yeah. I don't know, like Howlin' Ray's moving in. And like, it was just, I was like, what's, what's the heartbeat of Chinatown. Mm-hmm. So I guess I went back and I was just like really blown away that I think that a lot of people, um, I think they happen to be like millennials that really care and give a shit about LA and give a shit about Chinatown are opening these spots that um, are basically they are aesthetically beautiful. Like, mm. let's just not, you know, let's not move away from that. They are aesthetically beautiful. And you know, your girl loves a beautiful aesthetic, uh-huh. um, but they are also like purposeful and they also continue the narrative of like Chinatown, you know? And even though Chinatown, like in LA has a really storied past, which we can get into one day. Um, I'm proud of it. So anyway, these are my picks. Um, so chunky paper is, um, Chinese American owned. Uh, actually I think Roxy knows the owner. His name is Jeff. Um, and so, um, uh, he and his wife, they basically do prints. They take from, um, they sell uh, things from local Asian American artisans. And when I mean local, I think I was like, oh, is the, you know, the pottery, oh, it's like around LA, around Glendale. He's like, no, it's like down the street. So they they sell all these beautiful things. Like I think they had like a, a, a blessing necklace, <gasps> a Chinese blessing necklace. They had prints of different skylines, oh, that's so um, cute. like Taipei. Yeah. yeah. And so, and then they do, um, they, oh, yes, sorry, the coup de gras. They make beautiful handmade red envelopes oh so that's kind of like how they started so they have like pokemon envelopes they've got like you know different like you know cute panda bear envelopes like so if you are getting ready for you know january's um new year's lunar new year celebration go and get your envelopes from chunkypaper.com super cute super unique um and then right around there is a spot called Thank You Coffee. Uh, they make great coffee. It's also a stationary shop. So it's like a coffee shop inside a stationary shop. Really beautiful. And then right next door is a spot called Sesame. And Sesame, sorry, it's three three unsolicited picks. I can't help it. But Sesame <laughs> is this amazing um, shop that sells uh, a, a lot of different like condiments and snacks um, and, and food items um, from Asian American providers and makers. And also uh, the owner of the shop did the scent of... Destroyer, which is the Michelin star Jonathan Gold number one restaurant um, on on the west side. So, uh, you know, it's kind of Destroyer approved uh, and and it's beautiful and it's communal based and it's awesome and and they will feed you many snacks. So um, go check these spots out. They're all within like a block and a half of each other. Um, I I can feel the heartbeat of Chinatown coming back and I and I couldn't be more proud. I'm looking at them on Instagram. Wow, very aesthetic. Very cool. Yes, I got to go check it out and cool. see if he's my friend from back when I was going on these online chat rooms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, are we getting dark? Yeah, um, 
yeah. thanks, Prisca. Like, I really have yes. to check that out. It sounds super cool. Um, you know, speaking of which, like the coffee shop and, and you know, just finding community, uh, I really want to talk about Sanso Pop-Up because Sanso yes. is a Korean-owned and um, she, uh, basically Eunice, who is, the, who is the owner of the shop, she does like um, rare plants, bonsai-ing and, you know, my whole plant obsession. Oh my God. Is this just made for you? It is made for me and basically they used to be in downtown LA, but right now they have a pop-up right now through the end of December, oh, through the end of December, early January, where they are stationed behind Maru Coffee in oh Los Feliz. My old hood! Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Maru? You've been to oh, Maru. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would go there on the daily. That, like, kept my sanity. And, and the aesthetic. Can we talk about the aesthetic? Yeah, it's also Korean-owned, right? Uh, so, yes. Maru, so Sansa's, like, right behind Maru right now. And, like, there's always a long line at Maru. So, yeah. um, and, and I didn't understand Worthy. why, you yeah. know? And then, um, lots of white people for this Korean, you know, it's amazing. And yes. then, uh, I went and got, like, their, what is it, one of their signature drinks. It's, like, a cream like Ameri- Americano. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so amazing. Ah! And then, like, I bought this plant. Um, now that I realize there must, there's a little bug that's eaten, like, part of my leaf, <gasps> which is why I've been a little bit distracted <laughs> some parts of the top of this podcast. But, um, you know, it's really, really beautiful. Please go check it out. Please support small businesses. The yeah. the plants are absolutely amazing. The They have Japanese ceramics. And then she pots it for you and puts, like, stones over your plant for you. And, um... Wow. Go get yourself a coffee afterwards. I bumped into this guy that I just met. Um, not that I knew him. And I just was, was gushing about my plants. And then he started to touch the leaves of my plants. And then my friend was like, he's flirting with you. And oh my I God. didn't know that he was flirting with me. She's <laughs> like, he's really cute. You should go get his number. And I'm like, I think he's gay. <laughs> but then he's not gay because like he looked at my plants and he's like, are these fake? So if he's gay, he would know that they're real plants. But yeah. since he's not, anyways, I'm just confused anyway. nowadays. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. so that's Mara and Sanso. Make sure to go check that out. And then of course, uh-huh. we must Give O to the great Chloe Zhao for her new Marvel movie, hey, Eternals. Hey. Eternals! It's like obviously Chloe's like first like like big budget, big budget yeah. like movie, movie, studio movie. And, um, you know, she's famous for Nomadland, uh, songs my brother taught me, and like a big indie, The Writer. I came into this without much expectations because the yeah. ratings haven't been the highest for this. Um, mostly because people are saying that it feels too different from like a Marvel film, it feels too slow. Um, and I'm never going to be happy. <laughs> no, people are fucking dumb. This yeah. movie movie is a masterpiece <laughs> it's a masterpiece and um it's it you know takes us through seven thousand years of human history and how like yeah. the eternals were a part of it and um it, she took on a very difficult challenge of bringing on 10 new characters and giving them all nuance and depth and wow. like understanding their relationships all within like one feature film so haters gonna hate yeah. critics are always gonna fucking critique but if you are given a, a job like this to make a movie like this yeah. i don't think there's anyone who could do it better than chloe Zhao. so like i was no. i was so floored by it like after watching it and i remembered i was on the phone with my mom just gushing about like how much i love this movie and my mom was like so like you still have wow. a lot to learn and she's like do you ever think you could do something like that and i go no you know <laughs> what? and i'm like that's no, not no. true that's not true. No, but I'm like, I still have so much to learn. And I'm like, I'm so glad that there's someone that inspires me like that yes. because I've been feeling yes. super jaded about everything. So um, I'm going to go watch it again because Ooh. I just feel like there's more I want to notice this time I'm around. I'm tagging and along. Yeah, you're coming <laughs> with me. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's, oh my God, Priska, it's gorgeous. 
I'm going to lose my mind. It's the most gorgeous. Sheldon's going to move his, lose his mind. I'm sure he's seen it already, but like, oh my gosh, just the most gorgeous. There's like, no movie. promises though, that I won't lick Gemma Chan on the screen. There's just like no promises. You know I can't what? make that promise. I, no one's going to blame you for doing yeah. that. Like, so. yeah, that's just going to happen. So we just all have to get used to it. Okay. Well, yeah. We, I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to take a lick of Gemma Chan. Yeah. COVID be damned. I'm licking yeah, yeah. the fucking hashtag. <laughs> let's lick Gemma Chan. That's so dumb. Okay, let's know, not. So let's dumb. not. Let's, let's not. Let's not go down that Put the screen. Oh. This is on screen. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, lick yeah, your yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, lick Gemma Chan. Okay, yeah, but, but lick your screen. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. But then make sure to clean your screen afterwards. Okay, you yes. dirty fucking yeah, yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rox, I think we got to pull a card for the collective. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so for this week, I'm going to do... And don't forget, you can follow Sun Queen Tarot on Instagram and book your own reading with Miss Roxy She. Thank you. So the card that came out this week, Mm -hmm. funny that we're talking about all of this. It's called Justice. (laughs) Okay. Justice for the truth coming out. Justice Mm -hmm. for seeking balance for what's Mm -hmm. happened in the past. Justice for reckoning the present and like Mm -hmm. reckoning you know just bringing balance back into yourself and finally speaking the truth I think I wasn't able like if it wasn't for you I wouldn't know how to speak the truth in this way Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and I'm like it's it's a card that's supposed to be for the collective but obviously this feels very Mm -hmm. personal right now yeah so you know I think little yeah I think little baby Roxy picked that card for us um, yeah, and also for like the 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 girls you were talking about, justice for yeah. them too, justice for women, justice yeah. for young boys, justice for those of us who were too young to recognize what's happening, yeah. justice for us all. Amen mm. to fucking that. Amen to that. Hundred percent in agreement. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you so much. We love all of you goatees. And we hope that, you you know, thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us. And um, Mm. let us know what you think of this episode. And um, on that note, have a horny week. Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay stay horny. featured song is Seeking a Friend for the End of the World by Dan aka Dan featuring Hollis. Enjoy! I just want to be where you are, where you will be. Can't feel the thing from afar, so the real me is feeling like reveal me. I'm just concealing, can't feel the ground anymore, just the ceiling. Since the days we met, I've just been placing bets. I've been impulsive, yeah, that had to face regrets. Shit, moving too fast to check the grand plan. Yeah, that the world doesn't stop for no man without it. I've lived undoubted, unhinged about it. No need for balance, now that it's outed. I got walls up protection at this intersection. It bends, I long for connection again. Seeking someone as a friend, with you is the world it ends. Thinking about you in these times of unrest. To keep myself level in confines of great stress without you. I was lonely, spinning
navigated through these minefields. Hands intertwined, finally I feel something more than just lust. This time's real. When the time kills, these blind thrills won't last that long. So we sign deals, contracts. All they would do is just mask. I was too fearful to ask. Mere love with the past. Whether this ends up at last, we're ignoring all the facts that we're going too fast right now. Let's slow down in our tracks, put our minds to the test right now, right now. I believe more than ever that now is what matters. That our youth was met as the rungs of a ladder for us to climb up. With each step, they will shatter. It matters to never go back on our patterns again. We can pretend, but new is all at an end. And you were a friend at a time we both needed someone to hold on as the world that receded away. I'll find you one day. podcast is hosted by Roxy and Priska. Music by Abraham Kim. Incidental music provided by Dan, a.k.a. Dan. Artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Okay, bye. bye.